The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Hello, folks. This is Timothy Harvey, and I'm sitting across the gigantic bunker from Mr. Jason Hunt. It's bigger on the inside. It's all, yeah. <laughs> it's bigger inside our heads and the visions that we see. And in our hopes and dreams. <laughs> oh, yes. Very Good fun. evening, sir. Good evening. You sound and like you're fe- you're feeling a little bit better. Uh, I'm feeling a little bit better. I've got this. It's still got a lot of uh, stuffiness in the head. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not a hundred percent myself. Yeah, it's going it's going around Kansas City. I, have, oh. I know quite a few people who are who are fighting something right now, and it's it just it can't decide it's winter here. Oh, I know, I know, and that's part of the problem. I woke up this morning with a sinus headache from I think 4 a.m. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. It it the weather will not settle into. One thing or the other. Yeah, it's in the 60s. It's beautiful it's crazy. out, and it's crazy. the problem is, is that my internal my internal clock is going. Shouldn't you be cold? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my and my head is going. Uh, okay, you want? Oh, you want to be, be cold here? Have one. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah. Well, and uh, and and I've been uh, alternating between uh, a Nyquil, Sudafed, Tylenol coffee and orange juice mm-hmm. so and lots of coffee yeah because you know that's what we do around here i'm pretty sure on the list of things your doctor tells you not to do when, <laughs> when trying to find a cold is to drink caffeine i don't have a doctor yes. i just doctor myself this could explain a great deal um <laughs> yeah. so. doctor doctor hey there's a song in there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> several um okay so uh we were talking before we started recording about what we're going to talk about right well and it's lots of stuff oh yeah well because the thing is is that we're at that interesting point where with the exception of a couple of shows um we're at the we're right we've hit the Mm mid-season break or or in the case of a show like doctor who it's you know it's done this it's this it's hit the season end right Right. you have a christmas special but you know that it's run is over and a lot of the genre shows on TV that were running shortened seasons anyway, um, like your your American Horror Story and your uh, uh, Scream Queens, that sort of thing is. I mean, those those seasons are over. But you got you know we just had the the mid season for the Flash, mid season for Arrow. Um, Gotham's done. Gotham's done. Uh, Agents of Shield is done. Right. So you have it's it's, and this has been a very very strong genre season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. Um, and we're about to start another one because in really what um less less than a week from when we're recording this um expanse will premiere mm-hmm. although the first episode's been out because uh, they really wanted to show it off and and then we've got x files coming up in january childhood's end childhood childhood's end and then was it um uh january again for uh agent carter mm-hmm. right and so Gall- it, Gallivant is just around the corner right. as well for so, those of you who like uh, fantasy musicals. <laughs> did did Once Upon a Time have its midseason yet? Or is it are we are we yes, close? I think they yeah. did. Okay. Um Walking Dead's done until Walking Dead has had their midseason, yeah. Okay. Um right. so yeah, I mean it's, it's we've had that we're in that weird point where there's about to be a nothing on. <laughs> it's like, hey God. Well, it's because <laughs> everybody looked at December eighteenth and they went Right. Nobody's yeah. going to be home watching the exactly. TV. <laughs> Wait, is there something happening on December eighteenth? December eighteenth. I'd heard. I'd heard is rumors. There, is there a movie? I'd heard of rumors some about some kind yeah. of theatrical exhibition. So yeah, I mean, that's, of that some is going to that is going to dominate the room. I mean, it's going to yeah. be so. But it's just, it's you know, well, and they're already talking about Oscars for Star Wars. Yeah. Well, let's have the movie out first. I know. I know. I mean, but still, I mean, the early early buzz. We're seeing blo- is, we're seeing blowback. Mad Max 
got nominated for uh, Golden Globes. Golden Globes. Yeah. And we're already seeing blowback on that. Well, of course, because it's 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 well. What's interesting it's is not I, literary. Well, but I'm seeing blowback from science fiction fans. Really? Well, because what they're what they're looking at is they're they're looking at things like uh, ex ex machina, which which didn't get a best picture. Oh, right, no. right, right. Um, and things like that, and um, I get it. I get it on some levels because there is something to be argued that some of the really best thoughtful sci-fi doesn't get nominations for awards. I mean, it's just it, it, because it's, science fiction films are a tough thing to get nominated. They always right. have been. Right. Um, you know, there are exceptions, but for the most part, you know, that's, you know, your award shows are done because, because a lot of, a lot of award shows focused, even when, in, when you're looking at the best picture category, you're focusing on the, on the quality of the performances, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of those shows are about, you know, you know, you have an actor who dominated a film and obviously they're a best picture actor, but, but so much of that stuff is story and, and, you know, character based. And for a lot of large-scale science fiction pictures, story and character moments can take a backseat to spectacle. Right, the big visual effects yeah. pieces. And and that's, you know, that's the nature of a blockbuster movie, no matter what your genre, right? Right. <laughs> but those are the ones that get the kind of, they, they get people in seats. Um, a film like, you know... Now, wait a minute, now, wait a minute. You're starting to sound like... If this was a Hugo discussion, you'd be on the wrong side of it because well, it's the act. You know, it, it's the, it's the same kind of discussion. Well, because it, you're but you're flipped in in terms of the Hollywood stuff because I mean you still have the snooty up nose in the air crowd in mm, no matter who. Sure, but you know, Mad Max obviously is not one of these highbrow cerebral like Star Trek the motion picture where you have to think the whole way through. Well, no, it's it's, it's an not. action flick. Well, it is an action flick, but the funny thing about it is of course, and I think one of the reasons that it did get nominated is not not only for the fact that on a practical effects level, on a mm-hmm. practical production mm-hmm. level, it's a work of art. Oh yeah, it's a fantastic piece. Um, but there is actually a solid story to it. And unlike it, you know, it and it did subvert a lot of expectations because Max isn't the main character. Yeah. Um, he's, well, he's the there mecha- you go. It's led by a woman. Well, well, but well, <laughs> no, but the thing is, well, but I know, But at the same time, I mean, well, and there's that's something else that stands out right now because you and I talk about all the time that where is where are the big genre films that are are led by women? Right. And we got one. It just it's called Mad Max. Yeah. Um, and uh, considering that that her experience with the, her biggest genre role. Was, I want to say her biggest genre role was uh, uh, Eon Flux. Remember Eon Flux, the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she was in uh, she was in uh, 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 Alien, um, the new uh, Prometheus. She was in that. Okay. Too. Yes, but people are trying to forget Prometheus. Mm, it's going into two more. <laughs> well, and uh, okay, I and small aside here. Visually, I love Prometheus. It's a gorgeous looking movie. Mm. Um, it just has the dumbest crew. Uh, the only there's only one per- smart person in that entire picture, and it's Idris Elba. Um, because I don't think Idris Elba can play dumb. Let's hide behind that wall of 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 uh, uh, chainsaws. Yeah, I just let's I, get in the running car. What are you crazy? Yeah. Let's hide behind the chainsaws. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, we, we, uh, if, it had, it, if it had been Idris Elba versus the aliens, mm-hmm. it would have been a different picture. Oh, sure. Um, but. 
I'd pay to see that. I would sit there. You know, okay, there you go. There's maybe your... that's what we're getting in Ragnarok. Well, you know, you know? that unfortunately not. He he does a, he has a relatively small part. Like he like he's he's a as busy far guy. As, we know. as far as he as far as, as, far as we know, as but he's a busy guy. Yeah, because um, Luther's back. Yeah, and I think Luther Luther's uh, got a Christmas special or Christmas episode. Everybody's like everybody's that. got a Christmas episode. It's a it's a yep. BBC, it's a BBC tradition. Uh, that they have Christmas or around Christmas episodes, the pan- Christmas pantomime. Should we have a no the the pan- pento? Well, pento is short for pantomime. Yeah. Um, should we have a, a Christmas special? If all goes well, sci-fi for me. Christmas uh, yeah, special. there we go. Um, well, you know, I don't know. People want people want to listen to us on Christmas Day. Um, it's because uh, that's kind of the deal is that you gather around with the family, mm-hmm. and if you're British. You're not watching football. <laughs> if <laughs> not, you're American, not, not odds that are, kind of football, it's, it's, entire, it's a higher possibility that you're probably watching football. Yeah. Um, which is about one of the two times of the year that I actually don't watch football on television is like around Thanksgiving and Christmas. See, I still don't much. I'm watching it with my, and Now, my, I, take, I take that back. Thanksgiving, uh, the Cowboy game was on. Uh, yeah, my, my parents were watching mm-hmm. it. And I kind of I peripherally paid attention to it, but I was on the computer working yeah. like well, I do. Well, yeah, it's just it's it's a family thing. It's yeah. it's kind of that you're there with my dad, my brother, my brother-in-law, and that sort of thing. You know, but um, yeah, otherwise can't just it just yeah. TV sports. Yeah, mm. give me the live thing. I'm I'm happy, but I can't watch it on TV. There's always something better on. There's something with a plot, better to character development. The dialogue's better, <laughs> and I can't stand color commentators. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but we digress. But so, <laughs> um, there's just. Uh, a lot of really interesting things. Again, we've talked about this before. There's, there's a big, we're at a big time for good and for ill for a lot of genre stuff. Mm-hmm. And we fear the bubble. Yeah. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, I mean, you know, how, five years ago, would we have sat there and th- thought that sci-fi might have a hit with The Expanse? No. no. Um, well, I mean, because... Seven years ago is when they changed the brand, yeah. just about seven years ago. And at that point, you know, once, you know, as, as Battlestar Galactica ended, as Eureka went away, Alpha's got canceled, mm-hmm. Warehouse 13 was on the, on the tail end. And yeah, you're right. We were sitting there going, sci-fi's dying. Yeah, sci-fi's it's, dead. It's, it's the wrestling, it's gone. It's the wrestling it's and done. ghost hunting channel. Yeah, it, they've they've somehow resurrected it. Well, I, a little bit. I think. Well, you know, I still I still think they're they're misfiring more. Well, than I, not. But I think unfortunately they've reached the point where they're finding their legs again, because they yeah. they they stepped away from and they had the wrong people trying to run a, a a genre network or what's supposed to be a genre network. Interesting though that Bill McGoldrick came from USA Network. He didn't come from a genre. Well, but look look back at USA in the nineties. USA in the nineties was playing was all sorts of things. Um, I think that that really kind of could potentially be a plus mm-hmm. um, because, of course, the nineties was syndication. No, yeah. uh, the the decade of syndication. Um, and people were throwing against everything against the wall. They were, you know. Well, there was a lot of genre in syndication at that point. Oh, yeah. You had Voyager. You had, uh, when was War of the Worlds? War of the Worlds was late 80s. 
Uh, right? late, yeah, late 80s and... Um, Mutant X. Mutant now, X, All, all sure. this stuff was late 80s, early 90s. So <laughs> Xena, Hercules, mm-hmm. Mutant X, um, Street Hawk. You remember oh, Street wow, Hawk? yeah. <laughs> that goes back a ways. Yeah, okay, yeah. you want to, okay, here's here's one to uh, uh, to really uh, blow your mind. Remember the Blue Thunder TV series? Oh, yeah. 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 Which came after uh, Airwolf. Yeah. But the movie was before Airwolf. Right. Wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. you had the movie Blue Thunder, then you had Airwolf the series on CBS, right. and then you had Blue Thunder the TV series on mm-hmm. ABC with Roy Scheider. Yes. Yeah. But he didn't play him in the movie. I can't remember who played him in the movie. No wait, no. Yes, he was, no, he no, was in the movie. He was in the movie. Right. He was in the movie. It was not. He was not in the right, TV right. show. He didn't come to TV until Sequest, right? Which was also in the nineties, right? Well, and and late nineties, two thousands, somewhere in there. Um, and interestingly enough, think about it. We haven't gotten a sea-based um, genre show Mm-mm. in a long time. No. Well, I mean, teen, was it Aqua Force? Aqua Teen? Well, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Well, Aqua Teen Hunger Force had nothing to do with the ocean. Uh, sea they, Lab. Sea Lab, yeah. Yeah, Sea Lab. Um, which uh, uh, was one of my, which was a Christmas gift uh, to me several years ago from my brother. Gave me the collected Sea Lab. Yeah. Which is, for the for the one of those times you just want to sit down and put in really, really, really wrong humor and just to laugh for hours. Maybe was... maybe we should come in. You know, as as many times as we sit there and say, maybe we should do something. <laughs> what, <How> many... really? <laughs> we should... I... How long is that list? Um, well... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe we should do a sea-based underwater... Th- well, <laughs> the Thunderbirds are coming back. Right, right. Um, which is not entirely underwater, but they have a... They have a, 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 a sea capability, right. ocean capability. It's, it's interesting because we, we've more than once, um, it's, it's been, the sea has been described, of course, as you know, one of the last unexplored and very alien territory. Yeah. Um, I'm well, kind of surprised. And, and I realize there's production costs involved and, and that sort of thing. But well, I'm you, still could get, you could get stock footage for a lot of that stuff. Oh, yeah. So it just, I just, it just mm. occurred to me that for... For a lot of this, you know, for something that it's a it's a very untapped area right now. Hmm. So just a thought popped into my it's head there. Right. I don't know where that you know. Well, and it's you a could thing. Do, and you could do two of them because you could do the science fiction version, and then you could do the horror version. Well, and there there's a, um, there are some very interesting ways you could play with underwater. Because uh, you know, I mean, if you want to go back to your to your classic horror roots, of course, is you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and which is getting a remake, Cthulhu, and and I'm concerned about the Creature from the Black Lagoon remake. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned. The the news out of of uh, for heaven's sakes, I completely forgot her name. She was one of the villains in Kingsman, as being the new mummy. Um, there's a the, the uh, they're talking the new mummy is going to be a, uh, a female mummy. Really? I yeah. hadn't heard that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Because the mummy is a, the mummy's one of those, unless you do like, you know, a, a serial Indiana Jones kind of, yes, the Are You My are Mummy. You my yeah, mummy? <laughs> yeah, that just crossed my that mind. Joke, that <laughs> joke has not oh, been made at all, uh, <laughs> except for all. Like, if it ever, doesn't show up in the movie, oh, I'll be disappointed. Well, um, 
the the, the problem the and, problem with the and, moment. and the only way you <laughs> do it is right is is everybody puts on gas masks to avoid whatever comes out of the tomb when they open of it. Of course, right. Yes. And then she walks be... out, and somebody who still got the gas mask on. Are you my mummy? Yeah. Yeah. That's there, how it has to happen. Well, if if nothing else, will be an outtake. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that's actually not a bad idea because the if you go back to the original mummy films, they don't age necessarily well for modern audiences. If you're a fan of that school of horror films, mm -hmm. which are more atmosphere than scare, yeah, right. Um, it's it's a hard translation because you know you're. Before there were you don't you don't even get slow moving zombies like that anymore. You know, even even your your slow horde of zombies from The Walking Dead is is you know it's a mob. It's 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 sheer force of numbers, right? right. Like Z Nation. Yeah, um, or Resident Evil. But if you look, you know, or you got fast paced, you know, the fast moving mummies or whatever, or fast moving mm -hmm. zombies. But for the mummy, it's a one thing. It's moving slow, um, but it's that it's that thing that never stops, mm -hmm. right? Right. Um, and for example, we saw a very very impressive uh, and effective version of that in the uh, second to last episode of uh, Doctor Who, Heaven Sent, uh, with the with the enemy that just c constantly comes, and you right. you, yeah. you, have to, you have to keep moving to stay ahead of it. Um, it follows, if you want to go into the straight into the horror genre, very critically acclaimed horror film, um, where the tension of it being there behind you somewhere um, was what really made the film very, very scary. And that, of course, pulls back to the, you know, the, the Jaws, Jaws, or, or Carpenter's Halloween, yeah, um, where you know it was tension. So I think that if you do it right, um, the Mummy is a fresh, still could be a fresh story for a lot of. Viewers, because other your other option is to go your action adventure route, like they did for the mummy, yeah. the three mummy films. And I yeah. I enjoyed the first one a lot. It was so it was yeah. The first one was, was fun. The second fun. one was okay. The third one not so much. Yeah, no. The third one, the third one had kind of they they third one was completely unnecessary. I thought. Well, they just ran out of th they ran out of steam. Well, and they didn't have Rachel Weisz. Yeah. Well, and so, you know. yes, it's true. Once once you lose her, um, if yeah, <laughs> if your film has her and then it, the the sequel doesn't, you're doing it wrong. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, uh, but that I'm, I'm more excited about than the creature from the black lagoon because the problem with the creature from the black lagoon is that it is all mood and there was a beauty mm -hmm. to those shots, um, that, that classic swimming scene, mm. um, which is just so beautiful and creepy and I would just be really really nervous about them capturing anything resembling that and I think that right. uh, I just don't I just don't want to see a you know it's a monster ah! movie because Piranha 3D well see that's just good dumb fun mm -hmm. um, but Sp speaking of good dumb fun uh, Maya AIDS has a review of Krampus since we're in the Christmas oh, season, good. a review of Krampus on our new website. We yes, we do have a new website. A new website. I guess we could talk about that. We could. Um, after the break. After the break. Okay. Yeah, uh, we are sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com, and they are running a special right now. They've got the gift guide going, and through December eighteenth, 
I think something is happening on December 18th or something. But through December 18th or while supplies last, they have the Star Wars Saga Hero Box available. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get all the details on that, plus all the specials and the discounts and stuff that they're running over at SuperheroStuff.com. We're going to let you listen to a message from them. And uh, we're going to refill coffee mugs, and we will be back to let you know about our new project when H2O continues right after this. You're listening to H2O on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. There are plenty of places to get your genre news. We get that. Which is why we go visit those places for you. And then we bring it all back here so it's all in one handy little place. Sci-Fi For Me is your one-stop shop for everything genre. Comic books, video games, TV, movies, the latest best-selling novels. Join us as we delve into the many story universes over a nice cup of coffee. We've got everything you need, all in one place. SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Hi, this is Jason Hunt, and if you're one of the dedicated listeners for this show, first of all, thank you. Second, you are sharing with others, are you not? And you should be aware by now, we have many shows as part of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Our Marvel discussion on Level 117, the DC chat on the Rogues Gallery, Sci-Fi For Chicks talking about various topics, which we also do in mixed company on the Echo Chamber, and H2O, which is our one-on-one -on -one discussion between Mr. Harvey and myself, now syndicated over at Amazing Stories Magazine. Sci-Fi For Me Radio is more than one show, and we'd like to invite you to join us for all of it, or at least try it out and see what you think. And also check out Sci-Fi For Me TV, that's our YouTube channel, where we have interviews, convention panel video, all part of giving you the most bang for your buck. Oh yeah, wait, no, it's free. So check it out, Sci-Fi For Me Radio and Sci-Fi For Me TV, all part of SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Podcasting is our superpower. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Back on H2O, Jason Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello. And we are talking, we kind of got a little off the off the subject there with the mid-season finales and whatnot because got sidetracked with Star Wars and then movies in general and stuff. It happens. It, it happens. happens. We've, we've seen this happen before. Yes, but we have listeners. Like, Get to the point. Get back on topic. <laughs> Although this is kind of a kind of a meandering uh, stream of consciousness kind of episode because we are in that mid-season lull where there's really not a whole lot going on. Yeah, I mean it's it's and it makes sense. I mean it is, of course, it's around the holidays, and this is something yeah. that, that this is traditionally that's when it falls. And of course, you go back to the to the um, the days when. Seasons were year round. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, and and the other the other thing too is you know like I said when you know, we've got Star Wars coming out we've got Krampus is out now as far as like holiday movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but there's really, I mean, Spectre's been out for a while. Peanuts has been out for a while. Mm -hmm. There's really not anything that's coming up. In the well, movie sure. theater, because well, nobody wants to compete with Star Wars, right? And, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, I mean, when you've got that kind of real estate being eaten up 
I mean, Star Wars is, you know, everyone talks about, you know, we're also in political stupid season. So you've also got, you know, someone so is taking up all the oxygen oxygen in the room, mm. um, clearly leading to brain damage in large cases. But um, now, now, I didn't say which party, <laughs> now did I? I uh, just, there's a whole lot, you know. Um, but um, Star Wars is eating up all the oxygen. I yeah. mean, you, you know. Did you see the Chinese trailer that came hit this week? Uh-huh. Come on, baby, don't let me down. Yeah. Like, that sounds so much like Lando Calrissian. It's uh, it's it really is. Um, uh, it's going to be a thing. I mean, it's going to it's if if it if it bombs. Okay, let me take that back. It's not going to bomb. It is impo- This is a bomb-proof movie. Well, how I didn't say it's going to be any good. Well, okay, let's go back to 1977. Yeah. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg jet off to Hawaii mm-hmm. because Lucas thinks that it Star Wars might do okay the first week, and sure. then after that, meh, whatever. Um, he gets the call from Alan Ladd Jr. It's a hit! It's a hit! It's a hit! It's doing gangbusters! And Lucas is like, yeah, give it another week. Right. <laughs> you know, he was the ultimate pessimist when it came to box office performance in these things. There is the possibility, and I'll I'll grant you it's a remote possibility, but there's a possibility that this movie does gangbusters in the box office the first weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. it's already it's already broken records for pre-sales and all that. Right. And then it phantom menaces everybody, and people come out of that film, and the word of mouth is such that you have a dramatic fall off in box office the next couple of weeks. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. Right? No, I don't. I mean, like that. I said, it's a very remote sure, possibility. Sure, sure. It's still a possibility. It could, it could be a stinker. Well, remember though that Phantom Menace made a lot of money. All of them did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you know, and I don't think that, I don't think that this one's going to be a stinker. I don't think it's no, going to be because it, it really everything that we've seen so far, just. Man, yeah, I, I, I've been thinking about this today. I I kept thinking, because James and I have been talking about this throughout the week, and, mm-hmm. and he asked me the other day, he said, what's going to be the most, the, the biggest thing? What's the big takeaway for seeing Star Wars for you? You know, what's what's going to have the most meaning? Mm-hmm. You know, because there's all of these different things swirling around this. I mean, sure. you know, this is my childhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get to see it with my kid, and we're going to see it in the movie theater. It's, you know, it's opening weekend, all, right. all this stuff, right? But for me, Star Wars, you know, that, that emotional connection extends to the impact that it had on me both as a musician, mm-hmm. as a filmmaker, as mm-hmm. a storyteller. You know, this, this was one of the movies that got me headed in that trajectory. Right. You know, it was Star Wars and Silverado and Lawrence of Arabia mm-hmm. were the three big films for me that said, I want to make movies. Right. Um, and so it was, it was, it's one of those touchstones in my life. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of us first generation fans, that's true. There is right. that emotional connection that you don't have with a lot of films. Sure. And I got to, I got to thinking about, you know, maybe maybe I should put together a list of reasons why I'm looking forward to seeing Star Wars because everybody's doing the cautionary tales. Like, well, okay, right, we're sure, gonna have to, yeah, it could. Right, we're, but, we're, we're we're we are there's there's an entire and it's, and it's this it's the first generation folks who yeah. are still wounded by the prequels. 
there's still pain. Even though the prequels made a ton of money. Yeah, but they didn't feel they didn't, they didn't feel, feel like, like Star, Star Wars. Wars. And I have I and I tried. I really did. There are three or four fan edits on YouTube mm-hmm. that condense them down the prequels down to like two hours or three hours long. Yeah, the problem with fan edits, though, is you still have to deal with the performances from the actors. Well, yeah, but at the same time, um, the one that I liked the most, (laughs) the one I actually sat through, um, this is what happens when you have a head cold. Sometimes you find yourself sitting on (laughs) on the couch... Uh, make you know. Yeah. I will watch this because I I need I need the pain in my head to stop. Um, so I'm going to watch this. I'm not sure how that worked, but they cut out. You know, you know where the film starts. It starts with the lightsaber fight against Darth Maul. That's the beginning of the picture. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where the wow. That's where they pick up. You never see Anakin as a child. You you hear about him in the dying speech. Mm-hmm. And then it picks up with him as an adult. And so all the things, the, like the whole the whole creepy, wait a minute, she's like two and a half times his age. Um, yeah. Or, or okay. It's, the the midi-chlorians. In, in you know, yeah, that's gone. Um, but in all fairness, chi- being a child actor is a hard, hard gig. We oh, mock children actors all the time. I don't fault well, I, Jake Lloyd on that on on anything that he did. Right, but it's but still, I mean, he he caught a lot of flack. In fact, so much so that he basically he, retired. He retired. Yeah, and so it's it's the basic premise of that particular cut was, and and I couldn't tell you which one it was. They blur. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, right. it's this fan edit, that fan edit, but it was you know uh, it basically was. Um, Edited to more or less just show the arc of Anakin going bad. Right. That was it. And a lot of stuff chopped out in the in between. Um, eh, okay, it's fine. But even so, even when you pull all that stuff out, you pull out the, the midichlorians and the politics and the things like that, and it still didn't have that te- visual texture. There's a visual texture to the Star Wars movies. There's a sense of place, a sense of time mm-hmm. um, that does not translate well into shiny. Right, and the CGI was all shiny. Yeah, and that's that was, and and there was a lot of pra- there was a lot more practical stuff to yeah, the to the, tr- to, is, to the prequels is, than, than we than we tend to think about. But we we but it's predominantly you know it's it's dominated by the CG even sure. even in the mo- in, in the places where your practical stuff is yeah. is there. So. It's kind of funny that you mentioned, you know, sense of place and time because I'm reading Aftermath now by Chuck Wendig. Mm-hmm. And two things bother me about it. Yeah. One is that I'm about, eh, I'd say, a third to a halfway through it. And only two supporting characters from any of the. In, 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 I mean, it takes place after Jedi, so only two of the supporting characters from the original trilogy are there. Right. In very limited scope. And it's in present tense. Mm. And that bothers me. I have, a, I have a hard time reading this story in present tense, mainly because, one, it's odd. It's an unusual choice for a writer to, to make 
sure, know, to, sure. to describe mm-hmm. everything as if it's happening right now. Right. Because this is Star Wars, and it happened a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. So this is all... It, you know, Star Wars has always been presented as a tale told of a time back when. Right. And if you write a story that takes place in a time long ago back when, I don't expect it to be in present tense. And it, it, I, I'm, I'm having a tough time sticking with the book mm-hmm. because, sure. because the, the construction of the story is pulling me out of the story. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I don't know. I mean, from a story from a story standpoint, uh, that's okay. I mean, it's not great, but it's. Eh, it, I mean, it's just kind of there. It doesn't really feel like a monumental Star Wars book. It's not anything like. It doesn't compare to to the Thrawn trilogy. Right. Well, and the Thrawn, Thrawn trilogy set the bar pretty high. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I completely, I completely get that. Um, have you have you looked at it yet? Have you read it? I haven't. Did you see that? Did you see that article that I sent you? Um, little side note, folks. Here, it's about it, the midi chlorians. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> I saw that the midi chlorians is being the evil, the evil behind Star Wars. <laughs> it um, wasn't really Jar Jar. It was the midi chlorians. <laughs> right. Jar Jar, in fact, tried to save us. Wow. Um, it's a, uh, a sort of a counter counterpoint to the Jar Jar is dark Lord of the Sith. Well, I like the uh, amusing story that the I like the little about. the little side side trip that it makes, where the midi chlorians in Luke Skywalker end up being the thing that came to Earth, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Thing, the thing from outer space. I was like, oh, that was a nice little twist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, entertaining stuff. But yeah. um, so I think that when you get into that, the thing that that we get out of watching these trailers, this first generation folks is that sense of that visual texture is there again. Mm-hmm. And as much as, I mean, the, the the storytelling in Star Wars, and this, this is one of those things that gets you in trouble, the storytelling in Star Wars is very simple. Okay, and, and, and to some degree that was one of the problems with the prequels is that they tried to get, you know, nobody cares about trade negotiations. Um, it's just not gripping. Right. Um, <laughs> look, the last time trade negotiations were written well, it was called Dune. And <laughs> even then, every every time you've, they've adapted Dune, uh, they tend to cut out the... the a, yeah, that somehow seems to fall by the way. good chunk of the bit. politics. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, we have that visual texture and that, that feel that, that's, you know, it has the feel, which is, which is important. Um because your story is just, it's classic myth storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's good versus evil. It's um, the underdog versus the, the, uh, the unstoppable uh, empire. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's there's, there's not actually a lot of complexity there. And that's okay. You don't, it doesn't need to be. Like, like right. most good myths um, at the core, but they strip away the bells and whistles, your, your through line is generally very, very simple. Well, and, and, you know, you go back to that interview with, uh, George Lucas, uh, a long time ago mm-hmm. where he talks about the importance of the story. And if, if you ever get to a time where the special effects dominate the story, then right. you're doing it wrong. <laughs> that, Oh, irony, thou name is George Lucas. <laughs> well, but um, again, I think really, you know, we, we've talked about this before, is, of course, that to some degree, you know, George really needed someone to tell him no. 
Yeah. And and he needed a Gary Kurtz. He found prequels. he found that you know he he found the visual stuff exciting, and so he ran with it. And and you can we've seen that with filmmakers that we're friends with mm-hmm. who, you know, find themselves chasing a piece of it where you're like, God, oh, you really shouldn't have. Now, that was that really the direction you needed <laughs> yeah. to go? Yeah. Um. And and it's it's a thing it's a thing that happens to storytellers anyway. So yeah. Speaking of the thing from outer space. Yeah. Well, let's get to our new project. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about that. Let's let's do so, because um, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So you and I are sitting there talking a while back, mm-hmm. and I had just had my 99th existential crisis. <laughs> um, but who's counting? <clears throat> trying to figure out just where we're going with this thing. And it, it hit me um, as, as we're in Kansas City, and there's a big horror community here. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you've got uh, some stuff going on over at Topeka mm-hmm. and, and such. What if instead of shutting the whole thing down, we made it bigger? Yeah. <laughs> Like you do, because, you know, why not? Exactly. So, starting in January, I mean, the site's already live, but we haven't really done a whole lot as far as promotion, because we're still populating it with content, and we're getting staff together. And, right. And, you know, we wanted something up. We wanted something for people to look at. Yeah, we're putting elements together. We still got to get all the graphic design and, you know, this, 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 that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, are, uh, we are making it official here. There is a new website. Since Sci-Fi for Me concentrates on the science fiction and fantasy we have uh put together horrorforme.com which is going to focus on the horror genre because there's a lot of crossover and there's a lot of they share a lot of the fan base um but there's also things that we walking walking dead is an example of something that 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 has you know a very much across Right, the, across the range of of demographics appeal. Right, Alien be another one. Alien, yeah. yeah. So, but at the same time, there's also this stuff that you know, I'll be sitting here and watching this horror film, going, "This is really good," mm. and I'll tell somebody that they should watch this horror film, and because it's really good, and then it's like, okay, I could write a review about it, but it doesn't go anywhere, you know? <laughs> right. And, and I, I've got a WordPress account of my own. I've got my little little WordPress page, which is dangerously out of date, because I used, mm. to, I used to repost my articles from Sci-Fi for Me on my personal page. Right, and, and that's actually what we're doing with Sci-Fi for Me 2.0, right. which, is the other, which is the old WordPress site. Mm-hmm. I've started reblogging our current content over there, mm-hmm. and we've actually picked up some readers from there. I know, and that's kind of cool. Yeah. But I just, it was maintaining maintaining a Facebook account and a Twitter account and all these things. The mm-hmm. WordPress site went, the, my, my WordPress. And, but every now and again, I get that notification from WordPress going, yeah. you've, got, you've got lots of views. And I'm like, what are they looking at? Yeah, really. Three-year-old reviews? Okay, sure, whatever. Well, and we're getting, we're getting pinged right now, well, because it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, Debbie Bell's article on... Uh, Twilight Zone episodes, Hol- oh, yeah. holiday uh-huh. episodes from Twilight Zone. Yeah, from I think three years ago, is well, getting traffic. This hey, year. you know what? It's nice that some of the stuff has legs, but oh sure. Still, I was kind of like, wow. I oh yeah, I do have that other WordPress account. Mm-hmm. I should yeah. go take a look at it. Um, but we do have this this, and uh, we have a lot of the folks who write for us, a lot of the folks who watch programs that they do reviews for, or just you know the people that we know. We have a lot of friends who are. Horror fans and Kansas City has this really rich, um, 
um, genre history, and a lot of it is in horror. Right. Um, well, Kendall Sen, who's on the Rogues Gallery podcast with mm-hmm. us, um, who accurately predicted who Hank Henshaw ended up doing. Yes. Um, he he is the producer for one of the original web series that right. ever was out called Shadow, Shadow Falls, Falls mm-hmm. and it was a horror mm-hmm. uh, web series. Uh, and he's done stuff since, but that was pretty much the beginning of, well, yeah, I mean, of stuff. And, and Kansas, I mean, Kansas City's yeah. got a really rich horror. In fact, one of the things we're going to do over on on horrorforme.com is we're going to actually have a section which is going to be uh, horror horror short films. And we're going to start with Kansas City filmmakers because we've got them right here. Right. And in fact, I've got a bunch of these movies sitting on my hard drive at home because <laughs> I know these guys and I've used them for film festivals. Um, and we'll be interviewing them and we'll be, you know, talking about, you know, what they, where their influences are and where they're going next. Because not, not everyone is just doing horror, but we have some folks here in town who are just doing horror films. That's right. their thing. Yeah. But we have a lot of folks who bounce around and do other stuff. So, I mean, we're, you know, it's not just going to be that narrow. But... Well, and, and I'm, I'm, in, in particular, comes to mind uh, one that Patrick Ray did mm-hmm. with the with the Girl Scouts, uh, get get off my porch, yeah, yeah. with Catherine McNamara, right? Who is now the lead in the upcoming Shadowhunters TV right. series. Yeah. Um, she was in one of my short films, but just as an extra, it was very, very, very early in her career. But mm-hmm. she did a really great job in Patrick's film, right? Yeah, and then she went off and went to Broadway and Disney and all that mess it left happens. us behind. Yeah, but yeah. still, uh, it's it's no. She's doing really great. We're proud of her. We're very proud of her. And but that's just it. We got we have folks like Patrick Gray, who's an Emmy Award winning filmmaker. Uh, he's done features. He's done a lot of shorts. His shorts could play all over the country, um, all over the world. Um, Nailbiter was just on the Chiller Network yeah. not too long ago. Uh, I'm actually an extra in Nailbiter. Are you really? I am. I still have the. I still have in a box. Uh-huh. Um, the mask. They built me a, um, I can't tell you if you haven't watched the film, it's a spoiler. Um, I have a, a f- there was a mask that was made for an effect that I got to wear. It mm. does not show up in the film. Um, but there's a shot where you can see my hand, which is something has been done to my <laughs> hand. For the power of, of, of special Gr- effects. Gray skull. Um, and uh, that's about all you can see of me in the film is, mm. is my hand. But um, it was a lot of fun. Patrick's yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> shut off a residential street and basically had this whole thing. But anyway, um, yeah. So we've got folks with that. And Patrick actually, Patrick's actually, um, I'm producing a film right now that Patrick's directing. Um, we have this talent here. And they're telling on a consistent, regular basis. They're putting out horror film, horror short films. And I'm looking around. There's just not a lot of folks who are getting on, you know, horror short, show, horror short shorts. Wow, it's yeah. hard to say. Yeah. Horror shorts. She uh, sells seashells. I guess. Um, you know, you see them. They, they're out there. But mm-hmm. there's no, I, th- I think we have an opportunity to really expose a lot of filmmakers to a much bigger audience. And to get folks seeing that there's a lot of folks who are playing in the horror genre um, and of course, obviously, it's a lot cheaper. It's a lot easier to do an inexpensive. Uh, let me qualify that. It's a lot better <laughs> to do an inexpensive <laughs> horror short than it is to do an, a lot of times to do an inexpensive horror feature, right? Um, because there's a lot of like like any 
subject, any you know, pick a pick a pick a story type type of storytelling. There's a lot of bad horror out there too, oh, which yeah. we will probably be yeah. talking about over on horrorforme.com yeah. because sometimes you got to well, talk about the bad stuff too. Well, and you were talking about uh, you know sitting and watching the fan edits of, mm-hmm. of Star yeah. Wars and stuff, and and something that you mentioned is basically you were watching it because you didn't have anything else to do, right? And that reminded me that you had run across South of Hell, right. Which was is a horror series. It's a it's a it's and a I horror. I heard you and Curtis talking about the other night when we were recording Eleven Seven. Right, it was a horror possession series um, that's on the We Network, which is a, a women's entertainment network, which is a subsidiary of AMC. Right. Um, and I had no idea this network existed. I am not the target demographic. What? Well, yeah, and and that's <laughs> fine. I mean, you know, look, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> being of the being of the generation that had cable like explode into our lives, right? Right. I remember when it was a lot more stratified. Right? Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, yep. So the fact that there is a, I'm like, oh cool, okay, great. There's a women's entertainment network. All right. Um, based on the commercials that run during the breaks mm-hmm. on South of Hell, I'm probably not going to watch much other programming on the network. It's not. A, <laughs> it's all reality TV, and I don't care for reality TV. Yeah. But, um, Mina Savari, um, it's, uh, uh, set in the South. It kind of wants to be, it kind of wants to be the true blood of possession. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, which is interesting because I would never have sat there and went, let's make a tr- possession story and make it kind of like true blood. I, I don't know. Va- so instead of vampires, it's demons. Right. Yeah. Except that, except that, uh, uh, there's a, I think it's a lot easier to make vampires sexy. Than demon sexy, I, actually, I can think of a really cool way to make demon sexy, but um, it wouldn't run on. No, it wouldn't. Uh, run it would, it'd, no, it'd, it'd, it'd right have to run, run on like Showtime or something. Yeah. Um, which kind actually, of like Life Force. Well, uh, um, space more, vampires. Kind of the succubus idea, yeah. where the temptate the temptress, mm-hmm. um, and and you could you could flip that around. It doesn't you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a, you know temptresses and succubuses are automatically female, um, but. Historically and and in mythology, a succubus doesn't have to be female. That's just right. like modern perception. Um, so you could do it either way, and I think it could be you could actually do a kind of very interesting kind of thing if you wanted to. And I think I have vague memories of someone trying to do something along those lines with another series, but I think I can't remember if it was. Well, Lost Girl, she's a succubus, right? But I think there's an, I think there's another thing that's in they're talking a book that was talking about adapting, and I have to see if I can look that up. Mm. Um, um, yeah, because you have stuff like that that is not really, it's out there and it's it's being, you know, it's it's got an audience and and it's the kind of thing that I had no idea existed. Yeah. I just sort of stumbled across it. I'm like, well, wait a minute, what else is out there um, that is playing on networks we don't that aren't targeted towards, you know, forty five year old guys, um, or necessarily you know specifically targeted for the horror audience because it's it's, a sh- it's one of those shows that kind of straddles the line. It's drama and, right. and and things like that, but it's kind of an interesting it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm not sure if it's any good. That's the that's the <laughs> that's the challenge with some of this stuff is that you look at it and go, I don't am I enjoying this? Am I And are you enjoying it for the right reasons? <laughs> or is it one of these where, you know, you're hate watching or you're looking at it just because it's so bad it's good? Well, and I don't even know want to say it's so bad it's good. I don't even know want to I, I can't say that it's bad. Um, but I also, like I said, I, don't, I, I can't say that it's good right now. I'm three episodes in. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm, I'm not sure. But it's got some interesting stuff. And I think that uh, um, 
one of the things I one of the things I kind of want to talk about with with on the horror side of things is when people get interesting when they when they play against stereotypes. We see this in we see this in science fiction a lot. You see it especially in horror, and it's shorthand. Okay, it's it's okay. you got to get to the blood or the alien or the spaceship or whatever it is. You you bring out the stock character. Girl on the tank top. Girl on the tank top. Black guy who gets killed first. Eggs, or the yep. or the uh, you know or or the there's like five different standard issue religious characters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and the a lot of times they're written really really perfunctory. I mean, they're just like okay, and sta- you know, priest number three wanders in, goes ah, and runs away. Right. Um, or the paranormal activity movies where the the religious figure is your your spiritualist who shows up and says dumb things, and mm. you're like, well, this is a dumb movie anyway. Yeah. Spoiler alert, folks, from the horror <laughs> side of things, I think paranormal activity movies are garbage. They're not scary, um, and that's and that's one of the things that I hope I hope we can we can really do over there is is you know, hey, guess what? This film is scary. This film, you know, if you like to be scared, and a lot of you know, some people, some people watch horror films because they like the thrill mm-hmm. of being scared. Um, and some folks think, you know, they just want the, they just want the action and fun, and you know, because a lot of horror films are fun. Mm-hmm. And some of them just sit there, and you know, they want to see them, they want to see the blood squirt across the screen. But <laughs> you know, for me, if there's no, if there's, if it's not scary, what's the point? Right. So I mean, you know, I'm hoping for I'm hoping that we can we can point some folks in directions because again, as we come to this from filmmaker standpoint, from writer standpoint, having this this field of filmmakers here in town that hopefully we will be able to build on uh, and pull in from from other places as well, um, to be able to sit there and go, hey. You like to be scared. <laughs> Let me show you this. Now, those of you who are listening, don't be scared and thinking that Tim's going away. No, no. He, he talks about you know doing it over there. It over there is, <laughs> it's a virtual over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's not like nothing. Nothing's leaving this place. I mean, we're still right. Be and we're, and we're, we're actually here, expecting but, a fair amount of crossover too, because yeah. like Krampus. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Maya Maya writes well, the review Ash for Krampus versus the Evil Dead. There. Yeah, um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah. So I mean, there there are. Uh, elements of science fiction and fantasy and horror that that easily move across um, the the the, the, Pr- the Prometheus movies, whatever whatever Scott has decided to call them this week. Yeah. Um, those are going to be the kind of. I mean, they're you know, Alien is a horror film. Aliens is an action adventure picture. Both of them deal with humanity interacting with aliens. Yeah. The Universal monster movies. Yeah. So I mean, these are, these are things that easily cross over. So we'll see, you'll see some cross pollination. Um, and cross-posting. And We're the like. new gawker! <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> um, oh, wait. I mean, yeah, well, no, not and, really. Well, and, and, and honestly, you know, I think that, that give gawker the credit where, where it's due, um, you know, they, they have built a, a model for themselves that uh, enables them to cross-pollinate in, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of their stuff. I think, unfortunately... You end up seeing things like IO9 getting rolled into another site, and I think that's unfortunate because, yeah. um, you know, for for all the fact that you, there's a, there's always a certain amount of God. I wish I had their money <laughs> um, and their resources. You know, it's 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 like watching it's like watching uh, uh, you know somebody you know gets 
you know, their their company gets swallowed up. You know, their job their job disappears. Right. And even though even though jobs aren't disappearing over there, but right. But you know, it's well, it's somebody... interesting to see because you know Mary Sue and Geek, uh, what was it, Geek Central? Mm-hmm. You know, they merged. Right. And they're part of Adams Media. I mean, they're they're a big conglomerate corporate thing. Mm-hmm. And um, Nerdist and uh, Felicia Day's Geek and Sundry mm-hmm. uh, have all been swept up by Lionsgate. Right. And now you've got you know Io9 being rolled into Gizmodo mm-hmm. and going away. Basically, I mean, you're still probably going to have the Io9 brand, but it's going to be a section of Gizmodo. Right. So yeah. Thing. I mean, so for now, and uh, <coughs> hopefully, hopefully, if you just type in Io9.com, you're actually going to take you to. I would expect so. Uh, but yeah, it at is at least for a while. It is one of those things, and and from a business standpoint, it, it, okay, there's there's logic to this, right? Mm-hmm. This, Although, is, this is not a this is not a blasting the the business plan. It's just it's but it's unfortunate. Yeah, and and you know looking looking at some of that, you know the, the I'm wondering, and this is something that we're going to have to watch out for, is at what point does the cross publishing mm-hmm. become too much of the content? Because you know right. you know there is a certain amount of crossover. But we still have the specialties on the different sites. So, oh, so sure. when we say sci-fi for me is going to stay science fiction and fantasy, mm-hmm. very much so it's going to say science fiction and fantasy. Right. And everything that's horror is going to go over on horror for me. Mm-hmm. Now, we do hope that you know everybody decides to follow both. Sure. You know, we're going to have a president. You know, horror for me has got its own page on Facebook. You mm-hmm. can like it there. Uh, we've got it's got its own Twitter account, so mm-hmm. you can see that. Um, and everything is really just still gestational at this point. Right. It's not, you know, we're still building it. We're still putting things together and getting some content over there. Um, well, I don't, I don't, I'm less worried about us cross-promoting excessively because yeah. um, there are just certain things. I mean, you know, something like Krampus is going to appeal to a broader audience than, say... Um, you know, we're rebooting the Saw franchise. Okay, you know, we're not yeah. gonna. There's gonna yeah, be. You're not gonna find Texas Chainsaw Massacre on our on Sci-Fi for Me. No, although <laughs> for those of you for those of you who've never seen the original film, um, by today's horror standards, it's fairly tame. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's a very from from, from an academic standpoint. If you want to go back and watch a, a a film that shocked a nation, yeah, and sit there and go. Why is it shocking? <laughs> well, you know, because it was it was unexpected. Like was the, it, was it 1975, 70, 76? somewhere in there. Somewhere yeah. There, yeah. So it's like you know, it's like like many original things, like many things that cut new ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because nobody had done anything like it before. You know what we ought to do is we ought to go back and look at uh, some of the stuff that Joe Bob Briggs used to do. Oh yeah. And uh, see if we can twist Curtis's arm. Like, <laughs> Curtis, come and be our new Joe Bob Briggs. Well, I'll tell you what, Curtis, <laughs> Curtis, uh, uh, Curtis and I were talking about this. And for those of you who who have read Curtis's, he 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 did some uh, Game of Thrones writing for us. Mm-hmm. He was uh, when time was allowing, uh, and hopefully it will again uh, when we come back to The Walking Dead. Um, he tweeted a lot for us. Yeah, he does a live tweet. Very funny. Yeah, uh, often inappropriate, but always funny tweets um which there was often a lot that it's inappropriate in our walking dead reviews but that's kind of part of the fun absolutely um but uh he and i were talking about this and i said curtis you know we're doing this thing and i want you to come over and he goes i don't want to write reviews (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, okay. And he goes, he goes, I've been the president of the Kansas City Horror Club forever. And he goes, I'm, he goes, do you know what I'm watching right now? I said, what? And he goes, I'm watching British Mysteries. Mm. And I'm like, well, I watched those too. <laughs> What's the problem? <laughs> so he he wants to do some more interesting things, and we've got a we've got a an early an early show we're thinking about developing, which is going to be. Um, yeah. I think he's I think he's excited about it. I think he is, and yeah. and and for those of you who uh, uh, we <coughs> sometimes get a chance to watch a lot of pr- some programming that doesn't make it over uh, through like BBC America. There's a lot of British programming that that. You know, ITV and and Thames and and that sort of stuff that comes through, that doesn't necessarily make it through. You know, BBC BBC America does licensing things with some of these guys as well, but um, or they end up on Canadian television because a lot of that stuff crosses over. But there's stuff that we don't get, um, and some of this stuff we managed to, we managed to get a chance to watch. And there's a show over there that we're like, oh, this this is going to be the one that we're going to start with. We'll see what happens. Um, and it's not. It's got no buzz in the states, as far as I can tell, <laughs> and it's and it's, but it's it's also the kind of thing where it's it's not your standard horror as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that just as here, where we were perfectly fine doing a review of, you know, a Star Trek movie, and then talking about The Walking Dead because there is, you know, the the science fiction. You'll see, we'll see a range of stuff over there from from the things that might be just, you know. I, I would love to go back into a series, and as as I say this, it's like I'm, okay, so I'm going to do this, um, or some someone will. Um, I will. You're setting an expectation I'm here. An expectation. Well, it's just I mean, because the history of horror in terms of oh, yeah. in terms of of film and 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 writing has changed, right? Mm. So, if nothing else, uh, um, taking a little time to trace that and go back to oh yeah, you know, look at some yeah. of the early horror films that that. And that'll be ready by Monday, right? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> right, yeah. but uh, you know, going back and you know, getting your you know, watching watching Nosferatu, mm-hmm. which they're making again. We actually have a copy of that. The new one? No, the the original. Right. Yeah, yeah we've was, got because uh, it's say, cause you're holding out on me. So it's, it's public domain, right? And we we had a copy, and actually, it sat uh, it sat on our YouTube channel for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and then. Oh, I can't remember why we pulled that down. Um, I'm not sure, but yeah, it's still. I think, I think it's still sitting around on a hard drive. But somewhere. it's a massively, massively influential film. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And and uh, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, massively influential on in the horror genre, um, and and filmmaking it, it itself. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, I I don't I can't remember if I've seen this copy. There's a copy of this out there. I need to see if I, I need to find out. Um, the the Bell version of Frankenstein. Mm. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, one of the oh, earliest right, one of the earliest right. films. Um, these are things that that had a massive massive influence. And there is a through line. It's like talking about Lovecraft, going in from Lovecraft up through King, through Barker, through right. Block, through yeah. all these guys. Um, there's a lot of that with film as well. Um, and you know, for the vast majority, it's, it's like watching, it's, it's like going to an Avengers movie. Okay. Your, your audience is much, much bigger, um, than the folks who are reading comic books. It's the same thing actually with horror, mm-hmm. uh, uh, movies versus horror books. Uh, we are going to talk about horror books. There's horror, there's some great horror comics out there. Yeah. We got a bunch of, we got a bunch of horror books in oh, yeah. the review pile um, over there too. Which we kind of didn't <coughs> do much with because of course, yeah, sci-fi for me. Yeah, right. right. But 
um, one of the things for all for all the grief I will happily give the new Fifty Two of Red DC. One of the things they did really well during their reboot was their horror titles mm -hmm. yep. because they weren't really doing horror titles before. They had some stuff going on in the Vertigo line, but um, it wasn't getting the exposure. Yeah, it's a specialty print. Um, but yeah, so. There's yeah, a lot of stuff. We're excited about it. We and and, about. and we do invite you to uh, go over to uh, Horror For Me's Facebook page and Twitter account mm -hmm. and uh, join join up over there. Um, and as as we continue through the rest of the month, we're going to keep adding to uh, the content over there in, in preparation of our official launch. Yeah, I have to check out this Adult Swim <laughs> show called Neon Joe Werewolf Hunter. I... <laughs> It, I haven't heard of that one. I well, neither had I. Yeah. And apparently, it's a thing that yeah. just started, and I'm like, okay, this could be this could be an example of so bad it's good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, so we will check that out, <laughs> and then of course, sci-fi for me is on all the social media as well: Facebook, yes. Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google Plus, YouTube, and Tumblr. And uh, if you're big into cosplay, we are all cosplay all the time over on our Pinterest account. You can check out those boards, and we're in the midst of prepping a new interview uh, that Jeff Hackworth just did with Crystal Starr, mm -hmm. who's a cosplayer out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that over on uh, Sci-Fi For Me TV. And if you've got a comment or you have a thought or a question or something that you would like to share with us, uh, we do have a, f a few different ways you can do that. You can leave us a comment or you can uh, call our hotline, which is area code 573-42-SCI-FI, and uh, make a note that is, uh, you know, you're going to have to leave a message. Uh, we got a we got a ping the other day that uh, we got a call out of St. Louis, and no, then whoever it was didn't leave a message. No. Uh, we can't respond if you don't leave a message. So uh, leave us a message there. the The hotline is up 24 hours a day, uh, seven days a week, and we listen to every message. We read every comment. Uh, you can send us an email h2o at sci-fi for me dot com, uh, or uh, you can find um, us uh, on SciFiForMe.com, the main uh, website. You can leave a comment there. The original and always. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, uh, all of our other podcasts you can find on iTunes. And uh, we are very slowly, gradually moving uh, a number of them over to Podcasts.com slash SciFiForMe. So you can, find, uh, you can find us over there as well. Uh, and the reason we're doing that is so we can try to get uh, better statistics, better analytics, the number crunching on the back end of things, right. uh, the under-the-hood, inside baseball stuff, as it were. So uh, be looking for, for new links, and hopefully the iTunes links will just update. Uh, rather than crossed. Us, yeah, so uh, that's coming up, too. So uh, anyway, yeah, mark your calendars for January 4th, which is when HorrorForMe.com actually is going to be uh, live and in full Technicolor, we hope. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, we will prep for another episode of H2O next week. Don't forget, Rogues Gallery is our DC Comics discussion. Mm -hmm. yep. We've got a new one recording here on the weekend. And uh, Level 117 will be back in January with, uh, with the return of Agent Carter. Yes, and um, the trailer looks great. <laughs> it does. <clears throat> Very excited like about it. And of course, there's this movie there's thing. This, there's a next, movie thing next week with with out. spaceships, and I think yes. And the marketing on this thing is just incredible. You, you, you oh know, yeah, like Jeep and oh, I know. Dodge <laughs> and and all. This. 
Who's paying whom on I, any of that? Where's, I, you know what? where's I, who's getting which money? On I that? saw the Jeep commercial where the where the ship burns yeah, up in the atmosphere. It's so peaceful. <laughs> yeah. And I saw it with I saw it with the audio off. Oh, uh-huh. And I'm like Is this like a romantic thing about a guy <laughs> dying in the atmosphere? It's like, are you kidding me? And I heard it with the thing I'm like, yeah, yeah. it kinda is. Okay, cool. Yeah, kinda <laughs> is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there is that. Stuff. So yeah, we we are looking forward to that. And and I think a number of us are gonna try to get out opening weekend and, and see. And we're talking about uh compiling our reaction videos into one long big thing that we'll post over at YouTube as well. So looking forward to that. And uh, in the meantime, share this uh, with your friends if, uh, if you're so inclined. And uh, join us for another episode of H2O next week. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2015 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.